Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Boys, it is good to be back, and uh, I'm glad because we have a special pod uh, on the cards today. So we're going to be giving out our season awards. But before we go ahead and do that, um, guys, how's your how's your summers going? As champion or as as fans of the champions of Europe, I'll start with you, Andres. Summer's been good, man. I'm a, a lot of extra time. I have no coaching right now. So get to watch some of the Euros. Uh, got to go on the True Blue podcast. Our buddy Trey Wolf invited me over to talk about coaching. So that was a lot of fun. Check his stuff out when you have a chance. You, you could even win a Euro jersey. So I'll, I'll give him a free free little dr- plug there. But uh, yeah, just get, getting to watch a lot of soccer and enjoying the fact that we're champions. Still waiting on my official gear. Um and also, by the way, I can't forget, shout out to Russell Saunders for sending mm-hmm. me a sick, sick uh, shirt from the Melbourne Blues. It says, uh, oh, God, I don't have it's, it right the now. Mel- the, Melbourne, the Melbourne Blues. Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne I Blues. want one. I want They're, a shirt. Uh, he hit me up. $30 US. So for anybody that's interested, hit up Russell. Um, I'm sure he'll help you guys. He actually has a second design coming out uh, with a trophy on it. But, you- uh, yeah, it was pretty sick. Is yours the one that says another step beyond? That's yes, that's the one I have. Yeah, that one's sick. I like that. Sam, how you have you been, man? <laughs> I'm good. I just I just noticed. Did you have you guys looked at our Skype call? Yeah. It's together mode. Kind of digging, <laughs> what is going on this. here? We're, yeah. we're we're hanging out in like uh like a stone auditorium type of thing. It's like it's like it's an pretty, ancient theater. This an is, amphitheater. We've, we've done we've done so many Skype calls, and this is the first time I've seen this. So this is did pretty you do cool. That? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I just looked, and it's it's something called Together Mode. Okay, well, I update. wish everyone could see this, not just because we're sitting in, in an ancient amphitheater, but because Sam is wearing a Phoenix Suns T-shirt right now, and they're playing against my favorite team. All right, yeah. smile. I'll take a picture mid mid recording. All right, everyone, smile. Mid pod. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. I'll post that one. Um, okay. Yeah. Summer for me. I work has really started to pick up, so it's sucked in that sense. <laughs> it's, uh, no one told me that being a lawyer was a uh, a lot of work. So if I had I known that going in, I would have never done it. But um, we got the euros, which has been you know, cool to keep up with every once in a while. I haven't had time to watch every match, but it's, uh, it's nice to be back. Uh, we got some, you know, Chelsea players that are moving along. Uh, you know, obviously Kai Havertz, Timo moving ahead with Germany, playing against England who have, you know, some Chelsea players as well. So that's going to be fun. And then, and then Denmark, AC with probably the goal of the tournament, that strike coming out of nowhere. So uh, Chelsea really lighting it up. This uh, Billy Gilmore year. won man of the match in his first match, or and then he actually COVID. won man of the match against England. And then Cockcroft in his first ever start. Yeah, <laughs> Mason Mount won man of the match in England's first match. Jorginho is playing really well. Oh yeah, yeah. We're, every, we're, every Chelsea player I, I feel like has had a good tournament so far, which is great to see coming off of the Champions League. 
it kind of makes me sad that Africa is not having a tournament because I have a feeling Edward Mendy and Hakimi would just. I mean, Hakimi. Hakim Ziyech. We'll get to that. Almost, a almost later. a Chelsea player. We almost, <laughs> almost spent seventy player. million on a position that we, we already close. have. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, anyways, we should we should get it into these awards. So, the first one we got on the ballot is Wait, player. Do you want to do you want to explain what we're doing? Did we even talk that this is what we're doing today? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Zach already introduced it, but we're doing the Romans Empire podcast season awards. Um, so we got Dundees. These are our first annual Dundees. Our Dundees. Um, <laughs> so we got eight awards, and we'll go through them one by one. I don't want to tell you them right now. I'm just a little bit of surprise. So we'll start off with the first one, and it's player of the season, not named Mason Mount. And even though we put that one caveat, I have a very strong suspicion that we all pick the same player. Um, Zach, you want to go first? Who's your player of the season who's not named Mason Mount? I might have picked someone different than you guys. I picked Dave. Oh, Uh, I was thinking about him to do like a like a different answer. But okay, from left field. I mean, I wasn't really picking it. To be different, I was basing it on player of the season. So not just under Tommy Tuchel, but who put together a body of work that was consistent for, you know, the 38 Premier League matches plus cup matches. And I think that was Dave, honestly. And I said it last podcast too, guys. He's one of the most underappreciated footballers in all of Europe. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's about time he's finally getting the plot that he deserves. So, yeah, I... I, I can't really see past Dave if we're not going to pick Mason Mount, but I can see the argument for some other players, but I just don't think he's gotten the recognition he deserves. So that's really the basis of my selecting him. And Dave, Dave added, I mean, started today for Spain, correct? Uh, in their, in their thrashing five, one thrashing today. So yeah. uh, that's probably <laughs> like, that's another thing to add on to uh, another player. Well, they don't have Ramos balling. or um, PK anymore in the back, right? So it's it, it's a good way to introduce experience to that back line. Mm-hmm. It's about time and dude. not force one of their best center mids to play right back. Yeah, right. Like Germany's doing. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Andreas, what about you? Uh, my player of the season, not named Mason Mount, is our goalkeeper Eduard Mendy. Oh yeah. <sighs> We all pick something different. Yeah, so for me, it's pretty obvious. I think last season to this season, when a shot was on target, we all expected the worst. And this season, he had the best record in the Champions League. And I believe he was second in the Premier League with clean sheets. So, yeah, for me, it was Eduard Mendy. We, I know our defense overall was better, but for me... Having a goalkeeper you can trust makes your life easier as a defender as well. So, yeah, I, I went with our keeper, the man with the big hands, Eduard Mendy. Damn, I guess I went with recency bias and picked N'Golo Conte because that's, that's the that, obvious one. That was that was the obvious one. But if you also think about like the season as a whole, he missed some time. Um, he he wasn't playing very well in the beginning of the season. When Frank Lampard was uh, was was playing him out of position, really, and 
but he was so instrumental in us winning Champions League and our strong, you know, finish of the season. Um, so I'm going to put him down as my player of the season, not named Mason Mount. Okay. So this next question, or this next, sorry, not question, award goes to the signing of the season. And uh, this, we got a lot of different contenders for this, but Andreas, I'll start off with you. Who's your signing of the season? Is it the same as your player of the season? Yep, I'm I'm bored. I'm going to go back to Edward Mendy. Uh, he was a bargain, and he was an immediate upgrade. And we're Champions League winners because we made that sort of upgrade in my in my book. I know there's a lot of guys that that deserve this award, but from last year to this year, I mean, it's night and day. I, I already kind of explained why I thought he was the player of the season, so I think it. Outside of Mason Mount. So to not put him as my signing of the season would be a, a little weird. So I had to s- stick with the, the man between the sticks. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was an educated guess by me. But I guess it would be a little weird if you didn't pick him. <laughs> Zach, what about you? Uh, I picked Mendy too. Um, yeah, let's go. So did I. I- yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I actually have Mendy slash Thiago Silva. I was going to go with Thiago Silva if uh, if Andres picked Mendy. But, I mean, I got to be honest, man. Mendy's been absolutely instrumental. And the, uh, the impor- he's made the important saves. And I think that's the, that's the key thing here. Um, when we had Kepa last season, we just wanted a goalkeeper that could make a save. And now that we have one that's capable of making big saves in the big moments, in those big matches... Um, you know, it's a, it's a huge upgrade on what we have had. So, and, and with that being said, you know, it's also how it had an impact and a trickle down effect in terms of confidence for the rest of our backline. I mean, we have seemed to get our shit together uh, once we had Edward Mendy in between the sticks. It, it really sort of, I don't want to say solidified the backline because I want to give some credit to like Tommy Tuchel and signing of what Tiago Silva brought to the table, but he did give that backline a little bit of confidence that, a, a solid base at least that they could build on. So yeah. Um, Edward Mendy for me, no complaints. I picked Mendy too, but I gave an honorable mention to uh, Benjamin Chilwell. Um, there it is. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of the same reason um, that Mendy you would give it to is because that was that we had a glaring hole in that position. Uh, and you got to give credit to Ben Chilwell who, did not play a lot of left wing back in the back three at, at Leicester. And he struggled in the beginning to uh, adapt to the back in the three, I mean the three in the back in the three, three in the back when Tuchel came, but he adapted amazingly. And he, I, I think he, he immediately came in and was our number one left back and held it down was so solid the whole season. So um, that's my honorable mention. So, uh, I'm just glad we all have a good head on our shoulders and we didn't let recency bias say Kai Havertz, who yeah. had a better second half of the season, but he hasn't, he did not kind of as a whole signing of the season. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think overall long term, he's going to be the best signing out of everybody that we signed last season, though. Yeah. But if we look back on this question five years from now, we're all going to answer sure. with Kai Havertz. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, Hopefully. All right, now this one, this next one goes to, or this next award is for the surprise of the season. Um, 
and I, I like Andreas, I had the same answer, Mendy. That really, I, I, I think Mendy. I have, I have, I have two actually, an honorable mention. But Mendy for me was such a surprise um, because you know he was the guy when we bought him. He, you know, we we were we were thinking Donnarumma, we were thinking Oblock, like we were thinking top end, like high price keepers that we needed to bring in because Keppa was not cutting it. And we find a guy who I had never heard of coming from Wren and for for what was it? Was it twenty million pounds? I think it may be a little less, a little more, around twenty million. So it wasn't like necessarily like a cheap buy, you know, it wasn't just like someone we bought like for five million. So I didn't know what to make of the signing. I didn't know whether he would just be a stopgap. Actually, I mean, I think a lot of us thought he would be a stopgap until next season, yeah. until you know, or this summer where we would actually go out and buy a keeper. Um, and he became one of the. I mean, it's already been talked about by Andreas and Zach in the other awards, but um, he ex- exceeded expectations, and it's such a great story as well. Like just his his career journey and to end up as a champions league winner on you know and and manning one of the best defenses in the world for you know the 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 time that he spent there that was uh such a surprise to me and then i'll just go ahead and say my second one the my it was this more of an honorable mention but tuchel starting his tenure with 14 matches unbeaten uh, that was unbelievable. That was, I mean, nice. to come from what we had <laughs> gone through with the the Frank Lampard tenure. Uh, I mean, his 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 uh, time this season as manager, being in ninth place, like really we had no hope for the season whatsoever. And then him to come in and to go fourteen matches unbeaten until. I think we lost what was a five two to like West Brom, some random, random ass. Uh, so, yeah. but that wasn't that was a huge surprise for me. Yeah, um, um, I liked your uh, I liked your <clears throat> your pick for Mendy, and I I'm shocked that I didn't even continue that route. But <laughs> three uh, in a row. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, it was the resurgence of Antonio Rudiger. I, uh-huh. you know, go and. Going into the summer, he was my the first name on the list I wanted to sell based on the the last season under Frank Lampard. And I remember we did kind of like a preseason depth chart, and he was at the very bottom of mine. You know, he, he played like crap last season. He uh, – if I was going to give minutes, I would have rather be giving those minutes to some of the younger players. So – for him to go from not playing until about November to then out of nowhere under Frank Lampard starting over Kurt Zuma to then being completely indisplaceable under Thomas Tuchel and being essential in the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the final, um, it was he's just a, shocking to see that. He's a cult favorite now. Yeah. I think he's actually – I mean, he won the Champions League, so he's basically a, a hero at this point. <laughs> hey, um, I, I actually had uh, Andreas Christensen on my list uh, yeah. for the exact same reasons that Andreas said about Rudiger. It was the exact same thing. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Jorginho, guys. Um, a surprise for me because this is somebody that I really wanted to get 40 or 45 million back for uh, this time last year. <laughs> I, I wanted to see a transfer fee uh, come back to the bridge, not Jorginho. Um, but look, he made me eat my words, um, especially under Tommy Tuchel. He comes in. We have always said on this podcast, we have put a hard stance that this guy cannot play in the double pivot. Um, and Tommy Tuchel said, hold my drink. <laughs> and uh, and he's been probably one of the best midfielders um, in the past six months. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Jorginho here. And, and, and guys, I mean, you could even look beyond just his uh, just his consistency of performances. But we still have. Um, we have a player here that's not only always available, um, which is probably the biggest asset you can have, but someone that's always available to play the ball too. So he's he's sort of a cop-out for our back line, and he just keeps things ticking over, and it's blatantly obvious when we don't have a guy like him on the field. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Jorginho. I know Ron is going to be really, really happy with that answer, uh-huh. but... <laughs> The Don, man, he has he has definitely won me over. And, and guys, I don't want to see him go. I'm going to go out uh, on a limb and say that. I don't think um, he is, Zach. You're okay. No, I, I, I every year there's transfer rumors about him. And there's definitely going to be some more after the Euros. That's inevitable because he's been playing well so far. And yeah. teams know that we want to go after Holland. So they're going to look at the, they're going to look at some of our players and say, hey, who can we possibly get, you know, We'll give them Danny Drinkwater. It's okay. <laughs> I think he's off the books now. Thank God. Oh man. Well, that was a good run. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go into the next. <laughs> he had a great run. How many? How many runs? All four of them? Didn't he have like only four or five appearances? And one of them, he scored a crazy volley. No, I'm pretty sure he ran from the pool to the bar a couple times and back and forth, like while he was just chilling at a hotel, not playing. <laughs> um. So, uh, all right, our next award. This one's not really an award, anything to be proud of, but this one is uh, goes to the disappointment of the season. Um, Zach, who do you got as your disappointment? I think we probably have the same one on this one. Mine wasn't a player. It was an event. Um, um, Andres joined this podcast, what, two years ago now, Andres? Is it, we're going on three? Four. Four. God damn. Okay, so... We're going on four years. We never met before. We all decide to fly down to Houston to watch the FA Cup final together. Um, we get taken in by the Bayou City Blues, which was great. Amazing atmosphere, great people, drinks all around, and we fucking lose. Um, and that was probably one of the most disappointing uh, moments I could remember for a while. Not just because it was the cup final defeat, but because of the the occasion itself. We're all together for the first time, about to record a live pod. We want to do a celebratory one where we're just shit-faced and, you know, giving our reactions about winning. And instead we're, you know, talking about VAR and how much the referees suck. And yeah, that's handballs. And we and, played like shit. Yeah, so I don't want to keep talking about this, but yeah, I mean that was that was the easy one for me. Uh, still had a fun weekend part. though. We still had a fun weekend at least. Maybe a little recency it... bias in that selection, but no, that sucked. Okay. That definitely was very disappointing. Andreas, what did you got? 
Uh, mine was, I believe I touted this player to be the potential signing of the season going into the season. And it was Hakeem Ziyech. And uh, the reason I'm choosing him is because of all our signings, apart from Thiago Silva, who was on a free, Hakim Ziyech was supposed to be the end product, the established threat. He was supposed to bring this sort of flair and and like spice to our attack with with his driven crosses and all this. And and we only saw that for about six weeks. Um, I don't know if it's the the transition to a new league. I don't know if it's the fact that when, you know, he got healthy again, things weren't going well under Lampard. And then under Tuchel, he was asked to do a lot more running, which he was not good at. So for me, I was expecting this guy to have double digit assists, you know, be this set piece threat every time that he, he got his foot on the ball. And honestly, I can attest to the fact that like I, I knew I was more disappointed with seeing him in the team sheet more often than not. And it was just kind of a bummer. Like I, he's the one player right now in this club who I'm not, you know, if transfer rumors come up, I'm like, okay, if it's a fair fee, it is what it is because I was just, I don't know if, if it's his, his style of play or what, but I don't see him being the kind of guy to put his head down and, and work during the off season to, you know, improve his performances to the premier league standard. Yeah, I think if, if if we're talking about players, that's who I would put as well. Hakeem Ziyech for the exact reasons that you listed, Andreas. I was way off. Um, and so what what I thought actually was the biggest disappointment of the season was the whole Tammy Abraham situation um, to end the season. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, you know, it wasn't, you know, I, di- I didn't include it as, you know, my disappointment as in he disappointed me. It was just the situation overall. Um, he didn't, you know, we did we we rarely saw him after last season um, being our leading scorer, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and he was our, he was actually our leading scorer for a big part for of, like the season. Most of the season. Yeah, yeah, this year until Jorginho passed him <laughs> on the last week, right? Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Did Did Tammy finish second in uh, tied in for our, second with? Uh, Georgie, uh, Georgie got first, and he tied for second with Werner, I think. That's still unbelievable to me. That's just absolutely Kai unbelievable. Kai scored a lot. Of, Kai got in double digits, nah. didn't he? No. None of our players got into double digits, Zach. <laughs> no, across all competitions? No, we're talk- no, no, I'm no, talking no, about I'm just talking the Premier League. league. Oh, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Premier our league. leading scorer in all comps was, was Werner, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't he know. played a lot. Uh, but... Somehow we still ended up winning Champions League, <laughs> even with all of these things to talk about. Dude, all every the disappointments, single but... little side conversation and caveat we have talking about Chelsea, if you didn't know that we won the Champions League, you would think that we were... We had a shit season, like, right? Top, like, like we were Tottenham. Top six. Or with, I thought <laughs> yeah. you were going to say that, you would think that we were Tottenham, which is Basically. the same thing. <laughs> oh, Jeez, man. No, dude, that, that is club a is a joke right now. I am uh, so happy about uh, that. Ta- Tottenham's oh. stock is dropping as quick as Coca-Cola after uh, Ronaldo took them off the desk, man. Nobody wants dude, that job. Mourinho stretched them out. Did you guys also get a call from Dan Levy for for the manager's call? <laughs> uh, uh, he's, he's been bugging me, man. I don't know if I can do it. 
I mean, dude, uh, I, I got he, I got a call desperate. right now. Yeah. He's getting desperate. Um, How much do you... It's 0 for 7, dude. He's 0 for 7. All right. I have a feeling uh, they're gonna they're gonna call they're gonna call uh, Crystal Yuki Palace Kobe. signed a manager before them. I know. Who did Palace sign? They signed someone. Wait, they got rid of what's his name? Uh, yeah, Hodgson left. Yeah, Hodgson. Really? It was like uh, his. It was like his 96th birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Um. Well. Lucien Fabra, dude. They got the Dortmund coach. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah, wow. Good signing. Wow. Out of the loop. We are completely out of the loop on Crystal Palace. Even though our alternative kits is literally Crystal Palace, we should be on top of that. That's just one more London club for Spurs and Arsenal to catch up to now. <laughs> All right. So um, let's go on to the next award. This one is for most improved player uh, of the season. Uh, Zach, I'll start off with you. Who do you think was the most improved player? This should yeah. be the same answer for everyone, honestly. If you haven't you thought about so? it, Zach, I'll go, no, I'll go I, to Andreas I, first if he wants some time. I, I, can, I can say yeah. the easy answer is Mason Mount, is it not? Yeah, yeah that's it, the easy it, answer. That is the easy answer. I'm trying to think outside the box here. But... Reese James is also a good shout. That's what I was going to say. That was my say. pick. So I yeah. can go ahead and say, like, for me, it was Reese James because he, he kind of had his moments last season, but at the same time playing right back, I thought he was getting caught out of position a lot. And there was a point of the season where, where a switch must have flipped, where this guy got a little bit of bite to him. He was playing wing back and he was still feeling extremely comfortable, even though Cho was getting starts ahead of him in the first couple matches under Tuchel. Then Tuchel decided to switch him back into the back three for a couple matches. And even then, I thought he was one of the, the better players on the pitch. I mean, it got to the point where we got linked with Hakimi, and, and I was just like, eh, whatever. We have Reese James, you know. This guy yeah. is 2021 20, right now, and we have a position locked down for eight, for ages now. Like, this guy is – is the world is his oyster at this point. And, and I think, like, the, the limitation the, – the limiting the defensive errors – and being a little bit more direct in the attack has been huge for his game. Can you make a case for Mason Mount, Zach? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's obvious with Mason Mount. Um, his natural leadership ability is starting to show, especially this season. Definitely. I think huge vocally on the pitch, um, we're starting to see him, you know, command more and and start to dominate games when he knows he can. But um, yeah, I, I think just like Reese James, you know, you can make the case for Mason Mount. We have a player for the next 10 years that can, you know, play essentially anywhere uh, except goalkeeper. It, 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 it seems like, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife of the team. And, you know, what he gives us, not just in terms of pressing, but now we're starting to see the final product put itself together. Now, if you look at his whole season... You know, goals and assists, the numbers aren't where they're supposed to be. But towards the second half of the season, we started to see a lethal side to Mason Mount, putting goals away against Real Madrid, making big plays in the Champions League. And, um, you know, even for England, he's doing a job now, too. So it's not a coincidence that the rest of the world is looking at this guy and saying, good Lord, this is potentially a top five player. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's possibly a Ballon d'Or candidate if he plays his cards right and if he develops properly. And 
another huge factor in that is if Chelsea puts together winning teams around him because he's never going to do it if we're losing matches. So it's it, it's an exciting time, man. It, you know, Sam, you, you asked me to make a case for, for Mason Mount, but I could also look at guys like Billy Gilmore. In the limited time we have seen him, look at what we even talked about it earlier this season physically he looks like he developed as well so i think you can make a case for a guy like billy gilmore you know putting in performances against scotland you know a man of the match in basically the first time he was in Chelsea competition, but, yeah and how yeah. would he play a game against scotland too <laughs> oh i said he played against scotland huh i got a little <laughs> bit ahead of myself man i'm just saying yeah you're gonna get really ahead of yourself saying that Billy Gilmore changed nationalities. And, <laughs> no, and, and he was our most improved because he did. He, did he was win good last year too. England. Yeah. When he, when well, he last played against England, he won man of the match. He got under Lampard. He got man of the match in all three as well. So, yeah. I, the, so the I wouldn't even call that an improvement. I think he was. He was always. He's, he's always been the consistent. goat. Consistent. How about that? He's always been the goat since the <laughs> since his first time he stepped foot. <laughs> he's always been the goat. I love yeah. that. Billy Gilmore. Gotta get that printed. Yeah, I think that's a. I think. Those were the two most obvious answers, plus yeah. a more stretch of an answer from Zach, a third one. Um, no, it's it's not. It's just a mention. Yeah, it's honorable mention for sure. Okay. So this one, this next award, or this next award, is for the goal of the season. Uh, it's, this was so tough Javier, for me. Though. No, the obvious answer, obviously, Kai Havertz's goal in the Champions League. Oh, right. We're trying to dig it a little deeper. I got I got one. It's obvious for me. Go for it, Zach. Uh-huh. The first banger of the season: Reese James versus Brighton. That made okay. my list. I, I have it four like, too, and that's thirty-five one of them too. out, swerving. We were tied the against Brighton. Oh man, that was that was sick. And and so it's like Tariq. Everybody was talking about Tariq Lamptey instead of Reese James, and then yeah. Reese James just says like, "Sit down, boy." <laughs> I took Boom. and I took it personally. And I took that personally. Yeah, that, that, that's that's the Andreas, what was what was yours? I, I, yeah, sorry, Zach. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say the other one I have on my list. I'm, I, I pray to God one of you guys mentions it. If you don't, I'll be very disappointed. I, I have so four. Hold on to that thought. Then. Yeah, hold on to it because I have four. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably say it at the end. Um. Well, I have listed on here. Uh, one for me was the Mason Mount goal versus Liverpool. Yeah, um, that was a key victory for us under Tuchel, um, and that was just kind of a, a nice goal to see because we rarely shoot from outside of the box. So for and one of the things that I like praised Mason Mount for this season was his improved dribbling. So for him to cut inside, fully knowing that his whole plan was to shoot, I, I just loved the the individuality of that goal. And then the other goal I was going to have was the Pulisic goal versus uh, Real Madrid. God, that's a goal of mine. He, he mm. had, you know, he, he received it kind of away from goal, dribbled inside past Courtois, and then there was like three Real Madrid players like lined up on the line and he still put it in. So that one was just like, oh, man, we can really do this. Like that one just yeah. gave me so much hope. For, for me, I split it up. I had two like uh, – best quality goals and then two like my favorite moments like goals you know like the moment was huge and then so for the best like quality goals i had that reese james goal because that was a beauty 
And then the one that neither of you guys mentioned, Giroud's bicycle kick against Thank Atletico you. Madrid. That was the uh, yeah. That was go. this. That was sick as well. Those were the two sickest goals. And then the two ones that I, were the moment were my favorite goals. You guys both. You mentioned Andreas mentioned both of them. Mason Mount's goal versus Liverpool. I mean that was early in Tuchel's tenure, like you said. We passed them in the table from that game. We were coming from ninth. And we passed them for six. So that was the beginning of the climb. Um, so that was a huge moment. And then, obviously, the Pulisic goal. You know, not only for what you said, Andreas, about, like, giving me the hope of, like, we can actually win this, but the fact that it was Pulisic and, like, against Courtois, like, it could not have gone any better. That combination of, like, I, could, I couldn't pick a combination of scorer and keeper any sweeter than that. And, and the location, and the team who it was against. It was Champions League against Real Madrid. Pulisic against Courtois. That was one of my favorite moments. Uh, as a Chelsea fan, maybe, honestly. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, it was great. Up there. Uh, all right. Now, our next award. This is your favorite off-the-pitch moment. I think I, have a, I think I have the best one, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll let you uh, start. N- n- no, I got to go last. Oh, okay, fine. Okay. I'll, I'll start if you guys if you want me to. Uh, yeah. So this this was technically off the pitch. And now I'm actually, dis- I'm actually worried that you have the same answer as me. But it was Tiago, Mason Mount, and Jorginho in the stands <laughs> celebrating Emerson's goal against Atletico. That, that shot of all of them running down celebrating like you know they were all hurt and we just had no hope going into that game <laughs> and we had already won at that point and then emerson comes in scores <laughs> that goal immediately cool. on his first touch well the game was already over and that shot like that picture is still my twitter picture uh my profile picture <laughs> on twitter that that picture that was my favorite off the, off the pitch moment. yeah that i forgot about that they both had it was Jorginho and mason mountain had yellow card accumulation and then uh tiago, tiago was still was hurt. hurt yeah and i remember he looked so awkward jumping in the staircase because he was like yeah tiago no lift <laughs> yeah um so mine is actually not the same one song so i'm i'm glad that we have a little okay, variety cool. here mine is uh it was the the Chelsea fans outside of the stadium after the Super League. Mm-hmm. And just like that whole saga of them being outside, like we have a match on a Monday. Peter Cech comes out and is like, give us time. Like the people inside are working on it. And then before kickoff, like the news came up, like Chelsea's the first team to to pull out of the Super League. And then it was like, Man City follows suit. And then, like, it was just a domino effect. And it was just cool to see. Like, obviously, the Chelsea fans out there aren't the direct reason. But the fact that that was, like, the first thing on cameras. And then next thing you know, everything kind of spiraled. And then seeing the people go from chanting stuff to, like, we saved football. We was did. Just such a, Chelsea yeah, saved I mean, football. And I so it was just a cool, cool thing. Like that was I, a good answer. Like you said, the the picture of the three guys jumping is like in, engraved in your brain. Mine yeah. is the picture from behind Peter Check, where he has his like hand up, like talking to people, and he's surrounded by guards. Like I, I don't think I'm gonna forget that. It saved me from like clinical depression. 
Uh, I have a few. I'll give you my honorable mentions. Um, one of them is when they announced that uh, Peter Cech's an active squad member. Um, <laughs> that was funny. Remember when that happened? Um, yeah, that was It's a Champions League medal, dude. <laughs> that the was second. definitely one of them. Um, I think I, I think the one that I'm just gonna go with is Kai Havertz's interview after the Champions League final. And that was on the pitch. Technically, we just won the fucking Champions League. <laughs> That was on the pitch, technically. Okay, but break <laughs> out. It was after the match. Just, yeah. just that that moment it itself was was incredible, and, and I remember watching that and thinking to myself, "Is this fucking real?" I still watch it and think to my and, and and think that guys, it's it still doesn't feel like it's real life. It still doesn't feel like we actually won the fucking Champions League next season when we show up with two stars on our shirt. I think maybe that's when it's gonna hit us. Um, we, we didn't. We never played with one star on our shirt either, though. It's like one of those things where it's like such a PR thing. We'll have the we'll have the patch with the trophy, though. So we'll be the only be team that gets to don the patch. I do. Oh, yeah. I do want to mention uh, one more moment. Um, Mason Mount and Aspilicueta driving home. I forget after which match it was. I think it was the second leg of Real Madrid. I'm the only one that ever remembers this moment. <laughs> Dude, it was hilarious. So these fans are around. Mason Mount's driving Dave and these fans surround their car and start chanting and singing. And uh, and Mason Mount is just like kind of bashful. He's, you know, kind of smiling, but kind of like get the hell out of my way. I'm trying uh-huh. to get out of here. And then Dave leans over and honks the car horn like a fucking madman, and everybody goes crazy. And I don't know. I think I think that those moments, guys, everything we're mentioning from Sam, what you said about all the players hugging, and Andres about the fans saving football, and Emerson scoring, and you know Dave honking Mason Mount's car horn, and even Rudy flapping his arms after the Champions League final. I don't know if you guys saw that. Vibe yeah, the one he's running down the pitch. Off either. Yes, yeah. yes. I that was hilarious, but all these moments that we're talking about, I mean, these are things that don't happen every season. Like it was, it was sort of written in the stars in that way. All of these crazy, extenuating circumstances, even with COVID nineteen coming out of the coming out of the back end of that, it yeah. was, it's it's nice. And it's and to add on to your your uh, Kai Havertz. Uh, after Champions League pick, <laughs> we also figured out that Kai Havertz is a, is a kind of a freak, man. That guy's kind of weird, huh? And then I realized, and then I realized, oh yeah, he's 22 years old. He's a kid, like not even actually literally a kid. The most he's not 22. Is his puppy. He just turned 22. 20. He just turned 22. It was just his birthday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did in June. That's right. Um. Yeah, he's a junkie. What, like what a player! But that was—I think that was—that was so funny seeing him like in his complete like like self mode because like he was just like I've already I've I've done what I needed to do. I can just be myself and like he let go and just like was like <laughs> you know like doing all those weird things like I don't know. Right, dude, so weird. So <laughs> weird. Calling him Javi, and he's like. <laughs> I think I've watched that video a billion times. Uh, okay, next award. You know you know what else are the funny off-the-pitch moments? One last one. Uh, when Chilwell and Mason Mount mess with Kurt Zuma 
Uh, I was going to say any Chilwell uh, Instagram Instagram story, dude. That guy brought so much to the locker room. Like, he is so likable. He's a good locker room guy for sure. Did you guys see the recent video that Pogba posted of Kurt Zuma asking for chips? In the the hotel room? Yeah. Yeah. I want some chips, bro. Bro. Yeah, I was like, is he making fun of (laughs) Pulisic? He's making fun of us. Yeah. Uh, But, um... Oh, yeah, I actually want to add one more thing because it, it was technically off our pitch, but Gareth Bale's goal in the last game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was one of the most exciting uh, moments uh, of the season and it ended up being pointless because we would have qualified for Champions League anyway. So that, that makes it even funnier. Uh, all right. Our next award. I like this one a lot. I, I listed a couple things down. The I told you so moment of the season. And I, I have a couple. I'll, I'll start off just because I was right about so many different things. Uh, number one. <laughs> number one. We should have loaned out Tammy. We should have loaned Tammy out yeah, this season. This was a missed out. opportunity for it. We had too many strikers. He would have bagged 20 goals maybe on a on if he played for for Aston Villa this year or West Ham, he would have had 20 goals, I think. And That's it would have been, and both of you guys shit on me so yet. hard when I brought it up. Like Zach was actually disgusted with me, visibly disgusted <laughs> for even thinking about it. And to be honest, I was actually afraid to even like say it, but I actually believed it so much. And uh, I told you so. So there's my first I told you so moment. Second one. <laughs> no, absolutely nothing happening and coming out of the Super League. I told you guys there was nothing was going to happen. It would go away. And you guys thought this was going to be the end of football. We came on, we recorded. You guys were panicking like it was doomsday. You were depressed. And I was like, guys, nothing's going to happen. It'll be fine. And... Guess what? I told you so. All right. My next I told you so moment. My last one. The Chili Train. I was right about Ben Chilwell. Everyone questioned the price tag. And I, I said, you pay that amount when you have that big of a hole in that position. We had Emerson and Marcus Alonso as our left back options. Emerson and Marcus Alonso. Would we have won the Champions League? Would we have done anything this season if we had those two as our left-back options? Definitely not. He was so instrumental to our team, uh, played amazing defensively and offensively, scoring huge goals for us. Um, So I told you so. (laughs) Thank you. Zach? Oh, yeah, Zach. We'll start off with you. Zach's Zach's just wrong about so many things that – it's probably it was probably hard for him to think of a moment Most that he was like I told. Directed at him. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> I like Ben Chilwell. I just thought he was really, <laughs> I just thought he was really expensive. <laughs> fucking fifty million. Wow. I mean, now it looks like a fucking bargain, but god damn, how many how many fifty million pound left backs are bargains? Bro, Hakimi's now Let's like seventy five million. Listen, oh. Hakimi is dodging a bullet more than anything if he goes to PSG. But but right. we'll we'll get to that. So did um, you have a I told you so moment? I do I do. 
when we drew Atletico Madrid, the whole internet and Twitter sphere melted down because of the current state Chelsea was in. Um, and we were drawing an Atletico team who up to that point was the hottest team in Europe. Uh, I think they had a nine-point gap at the top of La Liga at that time. 13. 13 at one point. Yeah, crazy. And, I mean, obviously they fell out of form, but when we drew them, they were the scariest team in Europe. And I went out on a limb and I said, "Uh uh-uh, we look pretty good under Tommy Tuchel. I think Chelsea's the most dangerous team in Europe. And uh, I don't. It's something. It was along those lines, right? Was it the most dangerous or the scariest? I don't know. We need to run the tape back on that, Zach. I don't remember you being this confident. No, no, we got to run the tape back. I know that for a fact. I know I said that for a fact. (laughs) Okay. Um, Something along the lines of we're either the most dangerous or the scariest. Yeah. Okay. That's a good moment because I I think if you said that, if yeah, I think if you said that, me and Andreas would probably laughed at you, and then we ended up winning Champions League. No, no. I remember. I remember at at, when I mentioned that, I specifically remember Andreas agreeing with me. Oh, then I probably disagreed. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, no, you told us. I told you so, Zach. (laughs) So yeah, dude. I honestly, I really couldn't think of any because. Lots of my ex- my expectations that. when Tommy Tuchel came in were very low. And yeah, that's that my goes first. In. I told you so. <laughs> so I have a lot of I was. What I a second. Yeah, I, that's a good. The next first one. I told good. you so moment Let's was just that call Thomas Tuchel. Fuck you, Zach. You're always wrong. So. <laughs> well, the, my first two are definitely directed to you, Zach, because my first I told you so was saying that Thomas Tuchel would love to take this job on the spot, and that just like yeah. how Chelsea needed to make. A big uh, move. Thomas Tuchel needed to prove himself, and we won the freaking Champions League. I, I joined in on that one as well from Andres. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's four for me. <laughs> my never <laughs> told you so goes even further back when I suggested that Chelsea should have get, gotten Thiago Silva on a free, and Zach laughed in my face and said that there's no <laughs> way in hell Chelsea would ever go for Thiago Silva. <laughs> and then he signed for us. I told you so. <laughs> now, I could go and the easy one that I could choose is the fact that early, actually, after the Wolves match, at Black Emoji asked us, why is there even a reason mm-hmm. to watch Chelsea anymore? And I told him that the last time we fired a manager midway through the season, going into the elimination rounds of Champions League, uh, where we had a misfiring striker and all these things, the team rallied around this manager and we won Champions League. And that's the easy one because I, I know I wasn't the only one that had my my tinfoil hat on. But my real I told you so moment is saying that firing Frank Lampard was the right move for Chelsea because I think that's... making that decision was so emotional and people were riding high on emotion saying that, there's no way that we need to give him more time. And, and I kept emphasizing in December that it's okay to cut ties with Frank Lampard and still look at his time here as a positive because of what he did during the transfer ban and all. Because it, I felt the, the the job was just too big at this point. He gave it his fair ch- like his best shot. And that bringing in an established manager with the current squad we had, we could overperform what we had been doing and like 
I told you guys, so we're here now. We won the Champions League. We made top four after being in ninth or tenth place. Players that we thought were completely useless have new life and new value to the squad. We are now linked to someone like Erling Holland going into the summer after the turnaround we had. So, like, I hate to be the guy to, like, say, like, oh, getting rid of Frank was the right move, but it was. And and I'm not a big fan of the, the coaching carousel, but I, I'm – Hiring Frank to me was pre- premature to begin with, and I can also say that he did a good job year one, and, and the transition was only like you know Chelsea, you know Frank Lampard walked so Chelsea could run kind of thing, and I think that's how we need to look at his tenure. But yeah, firing Lampard was the right move. I thought of one, guys. Oh, let's hear it. I told you guys that the 3-4-3 was the way. And all of you said, no, it's the 4-3-3. And we won a fucking Champions League playing the 3-4-3. Finally, finally, I could think of another I told you so. So I fucking yeah. told you so. Yeah, we and also, um, to Andres's point about Frank Lampard, to be fair, Andres, I did agree with that. Um, it took me a while to get to that point. But at the time yeah. we sacked him, it was it – was, long overdue so yeah uh, i think it could be said for all three of us i don't think any of us really disagreed with the timing of it i right. think we all well, thought it no i disagree with timing of it because i wanted it to be a month before it happened yeah i thought yeah. we held on too long and and i remember like there was the whole like circus is still going sign that was posted and people were like if fans were in the stadium this wouldn't be happening and i was like no that, that that's not the reasoning and and you can still look at Lampard's time as a positive, but the the club shouldn't be, you know, it's kind of like you don't put 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 a pause on the club to let Frank catch up to the club's expectations. So, yeah, yeah, they definitely vindicated. Uh, I think the board for what they did. Um, <clears throat> okay, so this is our last award, and this one is called the "I Was Wrong" award. Um, and uh, Zach, I do have written down. Zach, you better say Tuchel. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the only one I have. Um, yeah, I was wrong about Tommy, and now he's which is fine. My father, so. which is fine. Like, like you had every right to question. Like you were you were wrong, only in the sense that you thought that he wouldn't accept the job. You know that was that was, that was you're wrong about that, but you're you're also saying that you don't want to sign him for various reasons. I remember you saying like you know you want we would rather hire like a stopgap to to co- to manage for a little bit and then sign someone in the off season. You know, like you were saying yeah. stuff like that. But I think I never said know, that, that was, I didn't rate him as a manager. I just thought that the timing of it was a little weird. Um. But yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I was completely wrong about the timing. It was the perfect timing. He came in and he fucking went on a unbeaten streak for what eighteen matches did it get to? I forget. But yeah, I was I, I was totally wrong about that. And then I think the other thing that I think all three of us could agree on is we were all wrong about Mason Mount playing as a right winger long term. Uh, it's worked out for us pretty well so far. So. If we see it next season, are we really going to be that mad? I wouldn't say he's a winger, but 
but he, he was touching the side. The concept lines. of him lining up on the, as in the, the front three, furthest player up on the right hand mm-hmm. side. Yeah, that's. I think. I think that's the thing. We we were all so off put by it, and yeah. every single day that the you know the Discord would pop off about how he shouldn't be playing on the right wing, courtesy of Bobby. Um, but yeah. Andreas, were you ever wrong or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can I can take it to the chin. Um, um, I was wrong. Award goes to Andreas Christensen because I never thought he was gonna cut it after what happened under Conte, where he had the mistake and then he never like mentally recovered from it. And then under Lampard, there was times where he was still making the mental mistake. And Thiago Silva goes down with an injury. Christensen slides back into the back three. Uh-huh. Yes, he's better in the back three, but my initial thought was, oh, no. And then, quickly, my thought was, well, don't take him out for Thiago Silva. He's on form. And, you know, we, we talk, we're, we're talking about his time at Chelsea, but now you see him in Denmark, and he's still keeping that up. And... He even looks like he's put on a little bit of muscle. So for me, it feels like the 3-4-3 is still the way to go for Thomas Tuchel based on who we're linked with and whatnot for the summer. And to have Christensen be deployed, whether in the middle or on the right side, is something that I'm more than comfortable with. And heck, I may even prefer it uh, over the the usual back three that we deployed this season. So for me, the, the I was wrong was that I never thought Christensen was going to be part of Chelsea's long-term future. I, I that's it's funny because your answer to I was wrong was like one of my answers to the surprise of the season, and then my yeah. answer for I was wrong was Zach's answer for or Zach's recipient of surprise of the season. It was Jorginho. I was so wrong about Jorginho, and I mean Zach kind of made the case, you know, just like laid out how, you know, what we thought of him before, how off we were, how, you know, we really, I think in my mind, I never got over the fact that just the image of him being sorry's kind of, you know, prize possession and the year we got him, he, he, you know, the, the year we, we hired him as our manager, we brought in Jorginho. And then, you know, that sour breakup with Sorry, he was still like lingering on. And just his play style did not fit in what Frank Lampard was doing. And I think it, that had everything to do with it. Just him not being in the right system. Because he really did look terrible for a little bit. And there was nothing more that I wanted than to get rid of him. I didn't want to see. I, there was actually a moment in time where I'd said, I didn't, I don't want to see Jorginho on the pitch anymore. I don't want to see him in Chelsea Jersey. Get him the hell out of here. And then to come to th- this point in time now where I think our, our, I, th- I thought our best midfield pairing was Jorgola the whole year. That, that was our best Jorgola. I mean, when you provide him with, Amazing defensive support, and then a, a, a pairing with with the likes of N'Golo Conte, where he doesn't really have to worry too much about actually doing the defensive work, and he can just stick, you know, to his role of 
kind of planning out the defensive work instead of actually doing it because I think he's more of like a mind guy than physical with that sense. But um, he's he became one of my favorite players, and I was so dead wrong when I said I don't want to see him on the pitch anymore. Like that, I'm so happy that I was wrong about that as well because I love Jorginho. He's now one of my favorite players. Um, Leading both, scorer, Jorginho. Yeah, exactly. He's better than he's better than Bruno. I'll tell you that much. The Jorginho hop. Definitely. Um, was Bruno at the Euros? I didn't see him. <laughs> I mean, he was there, but if you didn't see him, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame you. No, well, was, Jose didn't see him either. <laughs> There's a few people that were asking about him. I don't know. He's I just want to make sure he's all right. Yeah. He almost gave up a penalty at the end of the game today. Uh, once he came on, like that would have been amazing. That would have been the icing on the cake. They even brought the the like referee on the you know telecast to give his opinion, and he's like, "Yep, that's a pen." <laughs> he wound up not giving it though. But. Yeah. Hey, and t- Taylor Twelman thought it was a penalty too, so it should have been a penalty. Oh, Taylor <laughs> Twelman. He's an American oh. American hero. Um, he was. Was I wrong about anything else? Can you guys think of anything else? I was yeah, wrong about? I, I I could think of one right off the bat. I think that I was wrong about. And on, I think I actually uh, think all three of us maybe that Timo would eventually come good in terms of scoring <laughs> this season. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep. Okay. Wrong I was about pretty that. Adamant that he, the wheels were going to get moving on that, but um, I mean, obviously we were wrong about Hakeem Ziyech as well. There's a lot of things that we were all wrong. I think about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was wrong about uh, RLC having an amazing season this year at uh, at Fulham. And like next year, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, in the championship. Yeah, that's that's definitely where he belongs uh, at this point. <laughs> I saw something, and and again, it's just a rumor that Tuchel wants to look at Loftus Cheek and Bakayoko, and I saw oh. Loftus Cheek, and I'm Ooh. like, ah. I could kind of see that, and I saw Bakayoko, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, this is a low-level source. I mean, I'm they all have to come back for a little bit, and then they'll know, all inevitably get loaned out the week before the season starts. If the 16, you know, other managers that had to look at Bakayoko couldn't figure out that he's Gattuso not the one. wanted him. It was only just... Gattuso, actually, huh? Because he was at Milan first. Yeah. So he, the thing is, is now Chelsea need to stop penny pinching because we just need to get rid of these players for good now. We like, haven't budged on his price for damn near four seasons now. It's crazy. Bakayoko, Mishibashi. We can't lose, man. We cannot Drink make a loss on that. Hey, I mean, but, <coughs> that's why we, but but that's why we always shout out Marina whenever we make a a, a sell because we really yeah. never sell below player value. Shout out Marina. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so those were the season awards. Um, we'll make a poll on Twitter later today or later tomorrow, maybe. Um, maybe we'll wait a little bit because we don't want to spoil the episode. <laughs> like if I post, if I posted a poll with all of our it's answers, they would know. Something. They would know. You know, it'll ruin the episode. End of day tomorrow. End of day tomorrow. How EOD. That? That's 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 fair compromise. So you better listen quickly, guys. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Uh, we'll go into a couple uh, pieces of news. Uh, we, it's been a couple weeks since we recorded. A couple things have happened. So that's the Mori deal to Milan finalized. 27 million euros. Uh, uh, Zach, I'll start off with you. Is this good business? Are you sad about this? 
Is, are, are we missing out on the next greatest center back? What's going on? I, what, how do you feel? I think his price is definitely going to go up um, as he continues his career at Milan. I'm honestly happy for him that he found a home. I, I think he was underappreciated at Chelsea. And yeah, as much as I would like to, to have kept him at the club, and I, I, I understand some of the fan frustration around this, but we're going to make big moves this offseason. Um, and we need to be able to fund them. Roman's not just going to fork up the money. We got some players have to go in the other direction. We got to quotas have to be met. It's a business. So, yeah, I mean, as much as it sucks, I, I'm still going to be a fan of his. But ultimately, it's a uh, it's good business. Andreas, what do you think? It's a bummer. I mean, anytime we sell somebody that, you know, we developed from a young age, it's a little bit harder to let go. I just, but at the same time, I'm happy for the guy because you can tell his morale is a lot higher. There's rumors that he's like already learned Italian. They love so, him over there. He's a yeah. fan favorite. And and that's all I kind of want for the guy. Now I wish England would kind of put some respect on his name. And if they don't, yeah. the guy might go join Alfonso Davies in Canada. But uh, it is what it is. It again. Because we couldn't sell the other guys, we had to move on from Tamori. And at first we all hated that. But then keeping Rudiger and Christensen ended up being a huge thing in the end of the season. So, again, things happen for a reason. He's happier. We benefited from it. So I, I can't be, like, too upset, even though I am a big Tamori fan. All right, let's go on the next. Player. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's go on the next piece of news. Uh, a little Hakimi update, as mentioned previously, PSG submitted a 70 million euro bid. Um, personal terms have been agreed to. Uh, Chelsea reportedly never made an official bid. Uh, and we were trying to do a player plus cash deal. Um, and Inter just wanted straight cash. It's so hard to do these, uh, you know, player swap deals because, you know, obviously the selling team is going to value their their player at a higher amount rather than, you know, the, the buying team as opposed to cash. You know, cash is cash. So there's no there's no debating how much it's worth. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, I think this is a blessing. It definitely is. Andreas, what do you think? Um, I mean... I don't know. I really don't know yet. Like, th this one's a little tougher for me, I think. Like, he's a guy that's 22 years old and is already pushing world class. But we have Reese James, who is versatile enough to play elsewhere. But, I mean, before the, before the Hakimi rumors, none of us were looking at right back as a position of need. Yeah. Uh, I think we dodged a bullet. Look, there's going to be quality players that we miss out on every single summer. Um, you know, Allison, Lukaku, just to bring up a few names. It's, it's This is just going to be another one added to the list, I feel like. Except the only difference is we dodged a bullet in the sense that it's $70 million for a fullback. I complained about $50 million for Ben Chilwell, and I even said that $40 million would be pushing it. That's yeah, a lot of money, stupid. man. 
70 million is a Kai Havertz. That's Holland money. You know, it is. But no, well, I mean, not. I'm no saying like, I know. Possibly. I'm just saying that's, like the money could have gone to Holland. Yeah, it's I mean, not, that's, it's not the exact amount. Yeah, that's similar money that you know. I, I don't yeah, know. It's a lot it's, of money, it, Zach. It, it, it's yeah, just a it. lot. It's too much. <laughs> we know it's what seventy million is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go on to the next piece of news. Billy Gilmore. Um, reportedly, uh, he's been rumored to sign a loan deal to Norwich next season. So, most Norwich, improved player, Billy Gilmore. Don't yeah, forget. definitely. <laughs> Norwich recently promoted, right? Correct. They, Correct. Yeah, Champions. Right. Champions of the championship. Right. Oh, champions of the championship. That's like ultimate champions. Yep. Um, so <laughs> that should, they still have uh, what's his name as their manager, right? The uh, Barca. Yeah. So Barca. Yeah. So it, I, I'm I. You know, it's the same kind of thought for me as I had when I said, "Let's loan out Tammy." I'm all for loaning out Billy Gilmore as well. He he will instantly be. In the starting eleven, I think for Norwich, um, if not just a key rotational player. Um, whereas on Chelsea, there's so few minutes for him to play. He's so young, guys. How old is he? Nineteen years old. Uh, so he needs to get playing time. Like he needs to get on the pitch and play against Premier League talent. He's twenty years old. He, whoa, his birthday is June eleventh as well. He he has the same birthday as Kai Havertz. I just realized that. Um, interesting fact, if anyone didn't know that. <laughs> Let me just double check to confirm. Yeah, they both have the same birthday. Let's go. And they're both a week after mine. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's, hey. Three, three-way, uh, birthday party? Are you guys down to chill in? Kai <laughs> Havertz? You want to rephrase that real quick? Three-way. Have <laughs> 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 I'll tell you what, that birthday party isn't happening in Hungary. Uh, yeah, it's it's a three uh, it's a three way party and we're the only we three don't get people invited. Sent to jail for life. <laughs> hey, That's he's up. he's nineteen uh, now, okay? I'm actually really <laughs> happy that the rest of those uh that that the rest of the uh German football stadiums lit up. Not just that, all the all the fans that came in, Neuer had a, yeah. a arm the armband. Yeah. It was crazy. The pitch invader yeah. Uh, but but I digress. I digress. Um, the the Billy Gilmore thing. <laughs> Sorry, some making his joke derailed this conversation. I that wasn't a so joke. At by first, the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course not. Um, at first, you know, after seeing the benefits of uh, player development and someone like Phil Foden for staying with the Man City squad for so many years, I in my head I thought you know maybe the loan situation unless it's like a perfect loan i I rather have someone that you truly believe is going to make the jump to the first team staying with the first team and then the norwich deal came up and honestly it makes too much sense to do it again i think we're going to stick to the 343 which means only two center midfielders would get to play every match uh norwich also plays with two center mids and yes they they only got promoted, but Norwich under Favre actually tried to play good football. So maybe Billy Gilmore may not win every single week, but I don't think this is going to be one of those loans a la Tammy Abraham to Swansea or hell, even Ampadu to Sheffield where 
the moment that relegation is around the corner, this team is going to re- revert back to a back five and, and play anti-football. So luckily enough, I know the club really does rate Gilmore, and, and this is more of a move to get him consistent play time, that I think this one will actually be beneficial for all parties. Uh, my initial reaction um, was not a good one. I, I I think this is, like Andres said, you know, a, a player that you genuinely think, if you're the club and you genuinely think he can make that jump to the first team, then you keep him attached to the first team until he makes that jump. Um, but the only thing that's giving me some sort of peace is that German connection. I think Tommy Tuchel gave a little ring to a buddy of his and said, hey. They used to work together on the yeah, endorment. Exactly. And and, and and that's what I'm saying. I So I feel the I don't feel good about a lot of loans just because there's a lot of unknowns, right? You could have a Tammy Abraham situation where he goes to the championship and balls out and then goes to Swansea and does, you know, barely gets any playing time. Or you can have a Connor Gallagher situation where he goes on loan and just raises his stock, wins player of the season, and, you know, does everything at a loan he should. But this loan, it just makes me feel a lot better knowing that there's, you know, a gentleman's agreement or like a good faith sort of agreement between the two. And yeah, I, th- I think it'd be a good move for him. The, my only worry is not whether or not the relationship is going to deteriorate and he's going to get playing time because he's their most talented player the second he walks onto their training pitch. My issue is if the results start going the other way, like they did the last time Norwich were in the Premier League. They started out hot. Timu Puki was scoring goals, we all remember. And then they just started losing games, and they didn't just lose games. They lost every single game. Uh, So, yeah, I, I think it could get sour, but... I would like to see what Norwich does between now and the end of the summer before I feel fully comfortable with the move. Hey, you're talking about the champions of the championship, okay? I Double I, champs. I want my, my point is they need to buy right. That's step number one, and that's only half of the problem. We actually have to put it together and perform. I mean, we've seen teams spend a lot of money. Just ask our good friend Amir. <laughs> you know, Fulham comes up and breaks <laughs> the transfer record for a championship side every time they get promoted, and they don't do anything with <laughs> and it. And they get relegated again. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it sucks, but uh, I, I hope Norwich hard. isn't going to be put in the same situation. And it's a they're not a club that has the same budget that a club like Fulham does either. Right. Um. All right, our last piece of uh, news that we're going to go over. Giroud reportedly agreed to personal tones with AC Milan uh, for two seasons. Um, You went French there, huh? Personal tones. Did I say it? Oh. Damn. I was was, was trying to say sorry. I was going to say s'il vous plaît, but I think that means please. So, pardon. That's what it is. Pardon. (laughs) Okay. Um. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so he was a great servant if he leaves. Um, I would not be disappointed in the sense that we have strikers, but I would love to keep him on and, and at the same time. I would love to keep him for another season. I think he loves playing for Chelsea. I think that's undeniable at this point. And I think he would love to stay. Obviously, it, 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 this is a personal decision for him because... He would also like to play more if the opportunity for him to play more uh, 
uh, is there for him at AC Milan, he might want to take that that option. Um, but uh, Andreas, what do you think? I think you know. It, apparently, we had extended him in April, and when he first showed that he got that extension, my thought process was, "We'll let him go if we get our main target." And I think that's the only thing that may be slowing Giroud down. If we see this get completed in the next week, that's only going to give me more confidence and Chelsea are going to get that top tier striker and hopefully Erling Holland. So for now, I think we're just kind of delaying that because we're still trying to push for Holland. Once we see, like, I don't think Chelsea's going to hold on to him against his own will. I really don't. So... Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where I think it'll be a very amicable goodbye. I, I'm sure, you know, the amount of times he's thought in his head, thank you, Arsenal, are, are limitless. And, and we all thank him for that. So, yeah, I, I just want to see Giroud happy. And, I mean, we all know what happens to good quality players when they go to Italy. They, you know, they continue to perform, if not perform better. Slatan, Tomori for, for more Chelsea-esque uh Spell there. Even Bakayoko ask, looked good there. Hey, ask Ashley Young <laughs> of all fucking people. Right. Alexi even, Sanchez. Even Christian Eriksen looked better. So it's one of those things where yeah. I think that that's a good move for him if he's not thinking USA yet. So, oh, you man, know. Pedro, Mkhitaryan, the list goes on and on. Right. And, and Giroud is technically gifted. So he'll, he'll enjoy um, playing in Italy. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely a good faith gentleman's agreement between Drew and the club. You know, thank you for your service. You've been an awesome professional. Thanks for not causing any issues in the locker room. You know, and uh, yeah, if, if we get a bid and you like it and we can get some sort of value back for you, that'd be great. And I don't think Drew had a problem with it. Like you said, Andres, it's obvious that he loves the club. Um it's very rare that we get a player from a from a you know crosstown rival, and uh, he comes in and loves us more than he ever did <laughs> that other club that he spent you know three. Do you think it's what, rare? Two or three I mean, I can give long. you a list. No, no, no. I mean, I, hey, we we'll have the same fucking list, but it's just rare in football. But it it happens yeah. constantly at Chelsea. I guess is that what I'm trying to say? And it's just it's nice to see it happen again. Um, but yeah, no, look. The guy was an awesome servant for us. And, Sam, like you said, if it does come down to, uh, hey, we don't get our man this offseason, um, do you want to come back? And he says, yes, I wouldn't have a problem with it because every time he's been called upon, he's performed. Um, and it's, I, it, I'm, I'm convinced now that it's not a matter of Giroud not being the right man for Tuchel's system. It's just a matter of Tuchel not finding the right system for Giroud. Um but yeah, that's a that's a you know argument for another day. But fair play to him; he's been great for us. Guys, is that it? Did we, did we miss anything? No, that's it. I, I, one last uh, asterisk: Mason Mount could have won like every award. We just didn't want to be boring. Like we acknowledge the fact that he was the, the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He any positive award goes to Mason Mount. Like, yeah, I don't think that's up to de- up to debate. I just don't want to see the possible comments like, "How come you don't have him listed for this, this, and this?" It's like because it was the obvious answer. Like he played out of his skin 
this season. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that before, you know. I hope everyone's listening still. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, that does bring us to the end of the podcast. But, yeah, like Andres said, uh, all glory to Mason Mount. He's the best. Um, and if he keeps playing like this, we'll probably wind up starting a Colt at some point and aiming it after him. So, uh, but yeah, follow us on Twitter at Romans Empire Pod. Uh, we've also gotten some emails, some really great fan feedback. Um, guys, if you're having, uh, you know, any criticism, sound quality issues, anything like that, email us, RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. Any way to make the pod better, we're all ears. Um, and until next time, keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>